This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Having It All podcast. I'm Matthew Bivens, your balanced lifestyle coach, here to help you live and create your abundant, loving life. That is what we're up to in this podcast. And I love it. I love it so much. Today's conversation is all about taking risks. I want to help you to become the risk taker that you want to become. I want to help you to become more bold, to have more courage, and to jump into those scary situations that you're looking at and you're like, oh man, if I could just take this risk, I believe that something awesome would happen, but I'm so scared. I'm so afraid of taking this risk. I want to help you because I've been there. I've been in your shoes. I have been paralyzed by fear more times than I can count. And I want to let you know that you can get over that. You absolutely can. So I'm going to give you some very specific things to do and think about that are going to help you to be more bold when you're afraid of taking risks. So I'm, I'm really excited because I just got back from a conference. I was in Orlando for about five days and I was at a podcast conference called PodFest. And it was just such a cool experience to be around a couple thousand other podcasters from all over the world, people who are doing really cool, really unique things. I mean, the types of podcasts that are out there, like, it is, it is wild. Some are so specific, so niche, and so kind of creative and quirky. And, you know, whenever I'm, I'm around like-minded people, I just get, like, my creative juices get flowing. And so... I'm literally like bubbling right now with all this, this energy and creativity and all these ideas. And what's going to be cool is you're going to see it and you're going to feel it in this podcast because I got some stuff that um, I've been wanting to, to add and change and update and shift. And I think being at this conference will be the catalyst to a lot of really, really cool things. So that's actually part of my magic. My magic was being at the conference and specifically it is how everything flowed. Everything worked out beautifully and it happened because I trusted. So this was a last minute decision to go down to Orlando for this conference. Normally I would plan something like this out months in advance, but I bought my ticket the week before I left. So, you know, planning out my my transportation down to Orlando, from Atlanta to Orlando, figuring out how I was going to get down there, where I was going to stay, even the ticket itself and figuring out how I could get um, a ticket, like a discounted ticket, because I don't want to pay full price. So figuring out how to get all those things done and 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 do it in a manner that didn't create a lot of stress within me, um, that was my goal. And so the magic was just watching as everything fell into place. My ride fell into place. My hotel fell into place. My tickets fell into place. Even like figuring out how I was going to get to and from the hotel to get food. 
you know, because I didn't bring a car. All of that stuff fell into place and it was so beautiful. And it just reminded me that everything works out. You know, like in hindsight, I can look back and just say, yo, dude, everything works out. You don't have to stress. You don't have to stress. Like, I just want to, in the moment when stress starts to kick up, my goal is to have a lot of examples like this weekend in my back pocket that I can say, dude, you don't have to stress. Remember what happened when you were stressing about the conference? And then when you started trusting and how everything worked out, like that can happen all over the place. So that's my magic. Really, really cool experience. And again, I'm just excited for all the fun things that are going to come out of this. So for you, if you feel inspired, think about some magic in your life. How have you influenced self, others, or life in an empowering way? And hit pause, literally hit pause on the episode so you can reflect on your magic. And then when you start it back up, you can meet us over at Listener Love. And for today's Listener Love, I want to send some immense gratitude and appreciation to you. Yes, to you for choosing to hang out with me on this particular episode. Because I realized that you could do anything with your time. You could pick any other podcast or YouTube video or book or whatever. And the fact that you chose to listen to this and chose to spend this time with me today is truly incredible. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for supporting Having It All. And thank you for, in your own way, living the mission of helping people to see and feel and know that they can have it all and they can create their own abundant, loving life. So from the bottom of my heart, again, thank you so much. Okay, let's talk about risk. Let's talk about risk. You know, if you knew me for, for from way back in the day, even through my like early adult years, you would know that I used to be very, very risk averse. Very risk averse. So if something was too risky or or too costly or just too scary, I was not doing it. No way. Not at all. And it like that risk averseness, that's even a word, but my my uh, avoiding of risk would happen in all these different areas of life. It happened in love and relationships. Like if there's a girl I had a crush on, I never told her. There's a lot of girls out there right now who I had crushes on that had have no idea because they never said anything. It happened in school with my education, both in high school and in college. If there were classes or majors that I was interested in, but I didn't think that I was able to do it or I thought it was going to be hard, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it. It happened in jobs, you know, jobs that sounded fun, sounded exciting and engaging that I really thought I'd be great at, but I just didn't think I had the right qualifications. I wouldn't go for them. It even happened in sports. I grew up loving sports, particularly soccer. And I remember there was a team that I wanted to join, but I didn't think I was as skilled as the other players. And so I didn't take the risk. I didn't even go out for the team. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why I never took those risks. You know, I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of the embarrassment or the rejection. I was afraid of loss. I was afraid of being criticized. I was afraid of getting feedback. I was afraid of getting hurt you know, physically hurt or emotionally hurt. I don't know. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can relate to to not taking risks and, you know, the reasons why you don't take risks. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And for me, the result of not taking risks in my life is that I had a lot of low confidence, just like super low confidence. I didn't think I could do a whole lot. I had a very low belief in myself, particularly in tough situations. I just didn't feel like I had the the grit or the perseverance or whatever to kind of make it through tough situations. I even used to be, get really frustrated that I didn't grow up in, with a, a, a rough, a more rough you know, childhood. Like there was a point in my life that I, I wish I grew up in a lot of poverty because I told myself, well, at least that would have, you know, forced me to be able to survive in a challenging situation. That's the stuff that I used to think, you know, kind of, kind of blame my upbringing. That's just, it's real. It's me being honest. Um, not taking risks also resulted to me being really sensitive to criticism, sensitive to feedback, like I just could not handle what I perceived as somebody being critical of me. I took everything personally. And I also was intimidated by risk takers. Folks who I saw taking risks in life, they just intimidated me. You know, it was just one of those things that like I saw it as a quality that was beneficial, but the idea of doing it myself was really scary. And in my coaching, when I work with folks, we go through our values and I have my clients identify what are called moving away values. And moving away values are things that you value. Like you can, you can recognize that it's an important characteristic or personality trait. And you can recognize it as important in another person. But when you think of adopting it for yourself, it scares you and you want to move away from it. And for me, it was courage and boldness, you know, and risk taking. Those were moving away values. Like, Wow, that I could I I know that that's a great thing and that it would be a great quality to have, but it just scared me so much. And then what's interesting is I got over it. I really did. Despite having all those fears and not taking risks and experiencing all that stuff, I realized that the sweetest parts of life were on the other side of taking risks. And once my desire to experience the, the sweetness of life got bigger than the fear of the risk, I started to take more risks. And as a result, things really had like the, the snowball effect for me. And so now, all these years later, when I look back on all the major successes in my life, from career successes to relationship to successes, just all those things, I can see that the vast majority of those successes came after taking some sort of risk. Quite simply, being bold has led to my abundant loving life. I can remember being bold when it came to love with my wife, Sarah. I remember sitting in a car. We had just gone back from Disney World. We had a really great day and we were friends at the time. And we had one of those moments where like we we're looking at each other and there was all this unspoken you know, tension in between us. And she said something to the extent of, what do you want? And I remember going through in my mind, 
all the things I could say and evaluating the risk. What's the risk if I speak it truthfully, what I, what I want in my heart, versus what's the risk if I don't say it? And I went for it, and I said, I want you. And it was one of those moments, like, I look back, like, dang, that was, that was a G moment right there, because everything changed for us after that moment. And I remember being bold in my job, right? I was bold about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, living in Atlanta, had a great job, great benefits, but... The job did not resonate with me, and I knew in my heart of hearts that what I really wanted to do was quit that job and go into business for myself. So sitting there, being frustrated at a crossroads, being like, I know I just want to quit this job, but feeling so scared and going into the risk assessment in my mind and ultimately writing my resignation letter that night. And I remember being bold when Sarah and I became pregnant. And I was working 50-50 entrepreneurship and working for somebody else. And I knew that what I really wanted to do when, you know, before we had our child was to go all in on myself and be 100% independent in terms of doing things when I wanted to do them on my own terms and the way that I wanted to do it. And I remember weighing the costs. Oh my gosh, we're about to have a kid. This is the worst time to take a risk. What are you doing? And just going through that risk assessment and deciding I'm going all in on myself. And so those moments changed my life. And those moments, taking those risks, have, are what have allowed me to experience just the sweetest, most magical things ever. And it's resulted in the conf my confidence going up, self-esteem going up, my self-image improving. All these things happen as a result. And so what's really interesting is this episode could be super short, right? Because I could say, how, did, how do you be more bold? Well, take more risks. I'm afraid of taking risks. What do I do? Take more risks. Right? Like, I could just leave it at that. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because there were specific things that I did that helped me to be able to take those big, bold risks. Right? Because I didn't just start out by swinging for the fences and going for it and taking that leap. Like, there's a lot of little things. And so I'm going to share them with you. First, I want to read this line from an article that um, I, I stumbled across that I think sums up what I'm about to get into. And the line is, the moment you decide to become more of a risk taker is the moment you take your first steps that will help you break through psychological walls and overcome your debilitating fears. And that line is so true. It's a decision to become more of a risk taker. And even making that decision for yourself, just, just saying, okay, I'm going to take more risks. Even that right there is a step that's going to help you to bust through those psychological walls because those walls are tall and they're strong because those walls are created by your mind. And when you have a fear, your mind is going to make that fear seem so scary and that's going to make that wall seem so insurmountable. Because that's what our mind does. That's what our ego does. That's what fear is so excellent at doing. But I'm telling you, the moment you decide for yourself, I'm going to take more risks, that's the moment that that wall is not as high. That your mind is not as effective at building up those fears. And so the very first thing you can do before I get into my list is just deciding for yourself that you're going to take some more risks in life. And just making that decision. I'm not saying 
what risks you're going to take. You're not deciding how big of risks you're going to take. You're just going to decide, you know what, I'm going to take more risks because I realize that my abundant loving life is on the other side of those risks. I realize that everything that I want is on the other side of my fears. That one little decision for yourself can, again, it can be a snowball that can turn into something truly, truly magnificent. Okay, so now I'm going to switch gears, less motivation, less rah-rah stuff, and now we're going to get into some practical things. So I've got uh, seven, eight little points, seven, we'll say seven points that I'm going to go through real quick. The first point that's going to help you become more bold when you're afraid of taking risks is to realize that you're already a risk taker. You are already a risk taker because every single decision you make, including the decision to do nothing, it carries some element of risk. Every decision you make carries some element of risk with it. So here's an example. Here's an exercise I want you to do. I want you to think of some big goal that you have. It could be with your health. It could be with your money, a relationship, whatever it is. Just think of a, a significant goal that you have. Now I want you to think about one thing that you know you could do every day that would march you towards that goal. All right? Let's say your goal is to write a book. So one thing you could do every single day would be spend 10 minutes writing. Okay? So you have your goal, you have your one thing. Now, you've got two paths. Path A is to do that thing, right? Path A is doing the thing that's going to march you towards your goal. Path B is not doing the thing, okay? I have a question for you. Which of those paths is ultimately more risky as it relates to adding meaning or happiness to your life? Path A, doing something, or path B, not doing something? Which one of those is more risky as it relates to adding meaning and happiness to your life? Another question is, which one of those paths is going to pay off more in the long run? So hopefully by doing that little exercise, you can see that it's a risk to do nothing. It's a risk to play small. Right? It's a risk to choose the easy path because what you're risking is a meaningful, fulfilling, happy, content life. Right? And if you think that you've been not taking risks by playing it safe, you got to realize you are risking your ultimate happiness and peace. That's what the risk is. So you're already a risk taker. Stop telling yourself you're not a risk taker. You are. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to understand what's called the negativity bias. So it's, it's, a, it's a term in psychology, and basically what it means is that the negative moments in your life, the moments when things went wrong, when things didn't work out, those moments stand out. They stand out greater than the positive moments or the awesome moments or when things did work out. So even if you've had a whole bunch of awesome, awesome things happen in your life, your brain is going to make the not-so-awesome stuff stand out. Your brain is going to make taking the risk feel scary. It's going to make, you, make it, your brain will make, you know, taking the risk feel unwise. And that's just something that you have to realize. That's what it's going to do. That's kind of what it's designed to do. Stay, keep you in your comfort zone. 
That's what our egos are designed. It just wants us to keep stay comfortable. And so we just have this bias. Negative things stand out. They just do. So the consequences, the downside of taking a risk is going to stand out more than the upside. So the next thing is going to help you. This point number three is going to help you with that. In order to be more bold when you're afraid of taking risks, you need to assess the possible outcomes of taking that risk in the first place. Assess what could happen. You know, kind of weigh the pros and cons. Look at the the potential outcomes of doing the thing versus not doing the thing. So, for example, when I quit my job, when I decided to hand in my, my resignation letter, I weighed the outcomes of different risks. One risk was staying in the job. It was risky for me to stay in that job, right? I was risking my feeling of freedom. I was risking my happiness. I was risking that, that feeling like I was really creating something meaningful and that I was pursuing that thing that was calling within me. Those are all risks. And so I weighed the pros and cons. What are the pros of staying in this job? Well, you know, my money is secure. I have nice benefits. I know what I'm doing tomorrow and the next day and the next week. Like there's security and stability, right? I didn't have that before. I came from a startup company where they asked me to take two pay cuts over three years. So being in a company where it was stable and I was getting all that money, like those are pros. The cons were all the things I didn't like about the job at the time, right? And, you know, not pursuing the thing that was calling me. So I did that for risk number one, staying in the job. Risk number two was quitting the job. So what are all the potential outcomes of quitting the job? What are the pros of quitting the job? What are the cons of quitting the job? Right? When I went through and did that, what I found was that the cons of quitting the job were not as big and scary as my mind was making them out to be. Right? Like, let's say I quit that job and I pursued my thing and it didn't work out. Right? That's the worst case scenario. You quit your job. You go and pursue your idea, and you fail at it. And so I went down the path of, okay, what happens then? Well, if I fail at it, I can try a different idea, right? I can pivot. I can try to go back to the job that I quit and see if they still have a space for me. Or I can find a different job. And once I did that, I realized, wow, you know what? It's not that risky. If I try this thing and I fail, I can just go get another job. Jobs are available. I'm a smart guy. I could figure it out. And literally that helped me to make that decision because the risk didn't seem so scary. Initially, the risk seemed huge. But once I went to this assessment, it didn't seem so scary. One way that a thing that you can do to help assess the possible outcomes of the risk is to talk to somebody, but talk to somebody who is neutral and who can help you actually assess the risk objectively. Right? If you're thinking of taking a risk and you go talk to your best friend who's super risk averse themselves, what do you think is going to happen? They're probably going to talk you out of taking that risk because an idea of, the idea of taking the risk is scary to them too. You don't want to do that. Go find somebody who can be neutral, who can help you to just look at both sides, the pros and the cons, and weigh them objectively. That's going to help you to be able to really assess and look at this risk without all the emotion tied to it. There was a, um, another article I was looking at around this topic. Um, I wanted to read a few points of it. This article is from Forbes. It's called Take a Risk, 
the odds are better than you think. And one of the things that really struck me is the author talked about how how bad we are, honestly, at assessing risk. And here are the four things that they say, that the author said that we do all the time. First, we overestimate the probability of something going wrong. Overestimate the probability of something going wrong. So it means you're focusing more on what might go wrong than what might go right. The second thing that we do when it comes to assessing risk is we exaggerate the consequences of what might happen if it does go wrong. So you come up with the worst case scenario, the most dire situation, right? And you think that is exactly what's going to happen, the worst case scenario. When in reality, what will probably happen is that if something starts to go south, you know, you're going to jump into action and you're going to do what you need to do to, to, to head off the risk or to mitigate the situation if something starts to go south. That's what we do, right? Like if I cut my arm, I'm not just going to sit there and look as the blood pours out. I'm going to go grab a bandage and put it on. You know, I'm going to I'm going to look at the situation and do what I need to do to to mitigate what's going on. That's what we do. But for some reason, when it comes to risk, we just think that the absolute worst case scenario is inevitable and that we're going to do nothing as we just plow ourselves towards the worst case scenario. We're also bad at risk when because we underestimate our ability to handle the consequences of the risk. So basically, we don't think we have what it takes to handle you know, the downside of the risk. And as a result, we just don't take on new challenges. You know, because we don't trust in our ability to rise to the occasion and rise to the challenges as they show up. And the author points out that this happens more with women than it does with men. So women believe that they don't have the, the, the capability to handle the challenges that could come with taking a risk, and therefore they don't take a risk. So if that's you, ask yourself, like, do you do that? And the last part, the last thing when it comes to assessing risk is that we discount or deny the cost of inaction and sticking with the status quo. And so we tell ourselves, eh, it's not so bad. And we delude ourselves with the hope that our circumstances are somehow going to get better over time and things are just going to sort themselves out. That's not how it happens, everybody. And you know that. You can look back on situations where you thought, it'll just get better with time, and it doesn't. For example, think of if you've ever found yourself in a crummy financial situation, and you don't want to look at your numbers, you don't want to pick up the phone from the creditors, and you just think, it's just going to get better with time. No, it doesn't. It gets worse with time. That's the same thing that we do when we're evaluating whether or not to take a risk. It's like, eh, I don't really like my relationship right now. I don't want to take a risk and ask for what I want. I don't want to be bold and courageous. It'll just get better with time, so I'll do nothing. No, it never gets better with time. And we're just not great at recognizing that. We talk ourselves and we, we, we come up with these excuses and we persuade ourselves that it actually will get better with inaction. And that is never the case. So I know that was a little bit of a tangent because that was all under point number three of you know assessing the possible outcomes. But I really like that part of the article and that can help you to realize what happens when you start to assess. I'll have links to the articles, by the way, the ones that I'm referencing. I'm going to have links in the show notes so you can go find them there. All right, so point number four, how to be more bold when you're afraid of taking risks. The fourth thing that I recommend you do is you got to realize that risk-taking 
builds confidence and it builds what's called self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is the belief that we have in our own abilities. Specifically, it's the belief that we have in our ability to meet challenges that are coming our way and to complete a task successfully. So when you take risks, doesn't matter if you succeed at those or if you win or lose. When you take risks, it builds your confidence and it builds that belief that you have in your own abilities. That's what happens. That's a byproduct of taking risk. And again, it really doesn't matter if you, if you, you know, succeed or not because it requires courage to take a risk. And when you take one small risk and you realize, oh my God, I didn't die, right? Like if you fail at, at something, okay, as long as you didn't die, like you're okay. You know what I mean? That's ultimately what that big fear is. We think that some, at some point we're going to get humiliated to the point where we die. Or we think we're going to get rejected to the point where we just ultimately die. <laughs> and so if you don't die, then guess what? That's a learning experience. You can take something from it. And if nothing else, you at least had the courage in that moment to take the risk. And so you got to realize that risk-taking itself builds self-confidence and builds self-efficacy, which in turn helps us to take more risks. That's how it works. And so for me, when I strung together so many moments when I didn't take the risk, when I didn't act with courage, when I wasn't bold, every single time I kept adding to that chain of like, take a risk, nope, take a risk, nope, take a risk, nope. As that chain got longer and longer and longer, my confidence went down. The belief in my own abilities went down. And that's what you want to avoid. You want to avoid stringing together a whole lot of moments where you played it safe and you played it small and you backed down from adversity. Because it's going to have an impact on your own belief that you can handle it and that you can do it. Number five is to take risks when you're clear-headed. Take risks when you've got like a clear mind. You know, there's going to be small risks in life that we're going to jump into and and, and we're going to take those risks out of impulse. We're going to be impulsive. We're going to jump into them. All right, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like I remember I was at the river one time. There's a big river here in Atlanta called Chattahoochee River, and they've got these cliffs that people jump off of. And I remember when I was a kid, I, we, my dad and I, we were floating on a raft and we saw the people jumping and I like wanted to go do it. I knew it was risky, but I was like, I'm going to go do it. So I swam out there and I jumped off. Like, that's not a huge risk. That's a small risk. Right. And so you can, you can just act on impulse on that stuff. With the big things in life, with big risks, take those risks when you have a clear head. Okay. It's going to help you when it comes down to ultimately moving. And so doing point number three will actually help you have a clear head. Remember, point number three was assess the possible outcomes of taking the risk. When you do that, it helps you to get that clear mind. So you're clear as to, hey, these are the different risks on the table. These are the different potential outcomes. These are the pros and cons. So when you do that, now you can come from that clear head and you can jump in fully. That's my recommendation. Number six, you got to realize that if you're afraid of taking risks and you want to be more bold, you have to realize that failure is okay. Seriously, it is okay to fail. It is okay. (laughs) So 
So there was a study at NYU where they did this gambling experiment. So they, they split people into groups. And they told one group, they were gonna, each group was going to be gambling, right? Like, you know, gambling with money. They told one group, like, hey, listen, losses are completely inevitable. You're going to lose your money. It's okay to lose your money. It's acceptable to lose your money. It's going to happen. And they did not give the other group the same pep talk. And so at the end of the study, what they saw was the people who expected to lose, they didn't become frustrated or dejected when they actually lost money. And what was really cool is they actually outperformed the other group, right? They ended up taking more intelligent risks when they knew that failure was going to happen. So I'm telling you right now, it's okay to take a risk. It's okay to take a risk and not have things turn out the way you want. All right, it is okay. You're not gonna die. People are not gonna hate you. The world's not gonna come crashing down. You are free to try things. You are free to try things, you are free to explore, and it's okay if it doesn't work out. Number seven, the final thing that's gonna help you to be more bold when you're afraid of taking risks is I want you to remember the five regrets of the dying. I have brought this up so in so many episodes, the five regrets of the dying by Bronnie Ware. She worked in, in hospice for a long time. She saw many, 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 many people on their deathbeds, right? When they're, when they're experiencing their last days or last moments of life. And in those conversations, she saw a pattern. There were five top regrets of people when they were on their deathbed. The fifth regret was, I wish I had let myself be happier. The fourth regret, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. The third regret, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. The second regret, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And the first regret, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. You can see risk in a number of those regrets, right? It's a risk to let yourself be happier. It's a risk to have the courage to express your feelings. It's a risk to have the courage to live a life that's true to you. So if you want any sort of motivation as to why taking risks is a great thing, something that you want to do more of, it's so that you don't end up on your deathbed full of regrets. Far too many people have all these regrets. And you've heard the quotes that you regret the things that you didn't do rather than the things that you did. People don't regret the risks that they took, generally. They regret the risks that they did not take. And you don't want to be left with what if. That's probably the worst thing ever, is to be sitting and you are in a position to do nothing about it, and you're full of what ifs. What if I had told that person that thing? What if I had quit that job? What if I had gone out for that team? You know, I gave you the examples from my life when I was bold. Right? When I told Sarah, yeah, I want you. When I quit my job and handed in my resignation letter. When I left my marketing agency to go all in on myself right when Sarah and I got pregnant. I couldn't imagine what it would be like today to look back and had not taken those risks and to be sitting around with the what ifs. 
what if I'd ever told that to Sarah? Wow, boy, my life would be so different if I didn't go for it in that moment. Right? What if I hadn't quit my job? I mean, it's just, it's two different lives. It's just, you know, two totally different paths. So if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I know there's some areas of my life where I'm just so scared of taking risks and I don't know how to be bold. Connect with those five regrets of the dying. That's not just, you know, somebody making that up. Like this woman sat down with these folks and these men and women shared these regrets with her. You don't want to end up like that. Trust. Trust me, you do not want to end up like that. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, there's nothing you can do about it in this lifetime. So in closing for today, I just want to let you know that you can take some action. You can start right now in taking some risks. And it doesn't need to be you just jumping headfirst into the biggest, scariest thing ever. Right? You don't have to do that. But you can practice taking tiny, tiny little risks. Right? Just doing one little thing that's risky every day. So in my COI, my circle of influence, my weekly accountability group, one of our members for, I don't know, four or five weeks, she had a weekly goal of talking to strangers because that was very scary for her. And she was afraid of all the things I mentioned before, being rejected, being criticized, all that stuff, being embarrassed. And so she set a goal for herself to just talk to a stranger, whether it's at Starbucks or the grocery store. And it was a risk. It was a small risk that she did every week. And it had huge, huge ripples in her life. So I'm sharing that with you because if you have been afraid of taking risks, if you don't consider yourself bold, right? If you've been risk averse your whole life, you can turn that around. You have the power to do that. And it can start today by just making that agreement with yourself. Again, make that agreement with yourself that I'm going to start taking more risks and identify simple areas and simple ways that you can take risks. I guarantee you that the outcome is so much sweeter than, than the fear of doing that thing. I promise you. So much of it is just in your head, right? And if you don't believe me, then all I say is prove me wrong. Go out there, take a risk, prove me wrong. Because ultimately, you're playing to have it all. You're playing for your abundant, loving life. And the real growth that you're seeking, the real change you're seeking in your life is going to happen as a result of risk-taking. And so that habit alone, just taking more risks, will transform your life, guaranteed. It will transform your life. I'm not using that word lightly. It will transform your life if you begin taking more risks. So I'm very excited for you. All right, that's it for me today. As I said, links to some articles that I thought were pretty helpful when coming up with this episode are going to be in my show notes. So you can go to wherever you're listening to this right now, whatever podcast player, app, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Just go look in the show notes and I'm going to drop links to these different articles and you can go check them out. And while you're on those apps, go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe, give me a rating, give me a review, all that great stuff. Let me know some feedback from this episode. If you want to leave that in your review, that'd be really cool. Tell me what you thought about it. Tell me, you know, your own stories of taking risks or not taking risks. I'd love to hear them and I'd love to uh, just connect with you on them because, boy, do I have a lot of stories of not taking risks. And thankfully, I have way more stories of taking big risks in my life. So 
You can connect with me at Matthew at MatthewBivens.com. That's my email address or Matthew underscore Bivens on Instagram. And with that, I am complete for the day. My name is Matthew Bivens. Thank you so much for choosing to be here. Here is to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.